Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. Yeah, we're back at it again. Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll get the business out of the way real quick. If you're listening to us on your podcast network of choice, don't forget to leave us a review so we know you're listening. We're at seven listeners. What's going Woo-hoo, on? Number seven. seven. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably, honestly, it could be one and it could be 500. There's literally no way to know. We're going to go with um, seven. But I'm going to go with seven. I'm confident that I know of seven people individually who listen. So that's where I'm going with. Uh, and if you listen to this on YouTube or watching us on YouTube so you can see our pretty faces or whatever, uh, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and do all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Subscribe. See what happens. It's okay. Also, we have a Patreon, so you can support us there. You'll hear more about that later. Don't worry. Uh, so let's just get right into Oh my God, let me introduce us. I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. <laughs> And clearly, I have not had enough to drink yet today. So... It's definitely not enough to drink and not too much to drink. Oh my god, no. no. Too much to drink is an elaborately large amount of alcohol. <laughs> so, done it twice this week already. Um, But yeah, let's get right into it. Today we are talking about technomancy. Or the use of technology in magic. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what technomancy is, the practice of using technology in your magical practice. Um, Many people also call it technopaganism, and um, urban shamanism is very similar, although ever so slightly different. Well, Um, I imagine urban shamanism would be like cans of spray paint. <laughs> no, but and, and, you're not where, whereas 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 techno paganism would be like chat rooms. So that's <laughs> that's where I feel the difference is on that, but also like I've never heard the term techno paganism before. It's kind of yeah. dope. I mean, I feel like cyber paganism sounds way more dope. So, I'm yeah. that out there guys. Yeah. Remember remember um <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Bloody uh, that cyber Viking guy. Remember that guy? The dancing, oh, yeah, yeah, the dancing yeah, yeah, guy yeah. from early Internet. Yeah. Yeah. So technopaganism is a term that is not as common as it used to be. Actually, technomancy is probably the most common of these terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and techno, so technomancy is using magic in you're using technology in your magical practice, whereas technopaganism are pagans who also embrace technology. And then urban shamanism is someone who practices shamanic type magical things. Yeah. And, but like in an urban setting. Yeah. So one thing that I think that is particularly interesting about urban shamanism, which does embrace pieces of technopaganism and technomancy, mm-hmm. um, is that urban shamanism also has a belief that modern buildings and items have spirits or like landvitir of their own. Yeah. So like that skyscraper, it's got like a skyscraper spirit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Urban shamanism, huh? I, I would agree with a lot of that then. Yeah. Specifically with urban shamanism. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a technomancer, although I do a lot of digital work, like specifically yeah, in the do. magical space side of things. Um, It's more like technomancy is like, to me, technomancy or like a term like techno shamanism or, or a techno paganism and and, and um, uh, urban shamanism. I feel like the dividing line there would be like where your practice focuses. Whereas for me, technomancy is just one of several acts. 
It's like yeah. you're not a taromancer if you use tarot cards, but technically speaking, that's the right word. Taromancer is a really cool title. It's a tight, it's a tight title, yeah. <laughs> but like technically, that would make sense, like linguistically speaking, it to would. be called a, a taromancer or something like that. So I feel like technomancy is like a a uh, tool in your arsenal as uh, as a techno pagan or cyber cyber pagan um, or urban shaman. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> also, throughout this, I'm going to be looking down, scrolling through the 8 billion subreddits I'm a part of to find the name of the subreddit that I belong to that's specifically about this. Is it not Technomancy? I don't actually think it is. I huh. think it has a different name. And that's why I'm taking my time to scroll through. Oh, so, I cruise yeah. through a whole bunch of subreddits. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it might just be information. Te- it might for just this. be So the technopaganism, urban shamanism thing is kind of an aside. Um, so the term technomancy actually first appears in... Technomancy? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> the term first appears in a short story um, written by Steve Martindale. Uh, that's a short story that was published in a sci-fi journal. Uh, and I actually read most of the story. You can't find the entire story online. So I read like two thirds of the story and it's, um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Um, it is basically, um, the TLDR of it is there's this wizard who's, a who is like in a, what I'm assuming is the fairylands, And there is this, a race of people who come in and basically uh, colonize them and set up these um, like magic dampening fields. Mm-hmm. And the and the sorcerer that we're talking to is like upset about this because it dampens their magic. Uh, and also they've been colonized. So he basically talks to this barbarian at this local bar that he goes to and they are like, we got to take these guys down. Um, so he like he the sorcerer gets the barbarian to go and get a um, he's calling it a grimoire, but it's actually a manual for like an electric like type of a device sure 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 so it's like a manual he's like get this grimoire isn't a grimoire really just a user manual for your it particular is, like it is. bend it is. of it totally paganism is. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so he gets so. this thing and then they're like, we have these things called wires and we got to pull the wires, um, you know, at this very specific yeah. time. Yeah, um, any sufficiently advanced form of technology is, is you know, like comparably magic to, to those uninformed. And I think that perspective is the big yeah. important aspect of that like idea yeah right is that like if you're if you're like uh, like what um what's that game that we were watching super beard bros play recently the one um her is it horizon zero dawn yes okay horizon zero dawn where it's like some sort of long in the distance apocalypse future and everybody's very like cloud atlas talky yeah and um like all the animals are machines, which, uh, how are these people eating? But whatever. I, I haven't played it, paid enough attention to the game, but nor have I played it myself. But like, they got like robot animals and like, you can do magical stuff, but really it's just like fucking holograms and yeah, packing yeah. and shit. So like, yeah, I mean, theoretically, even our modern level of technology would be like magic. And if you brought, if you brought a modern iPhone 
to like the 1500s, they would burn you so fucking fast, dude. Yeah. Holy, they would just be like, this guy is such a witch. I'm going to immediately just rub some shit together, burst this dude into flames. <laughs> like, no, I'm not even going to yell about it. I'm just going to be like, no, boom, fire. Like, fuck that, right? That would be horrifying. Yeah. Could you imagine like a rock, like a weird rock that just glows with knowledge? That's nightmare fuel. Yeah. Right? To the uninitiated. Whereas we are all just like, meh, whatever, who cares? And this thing is like more computational power than like the Apollo rocket that took man to the moon. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, when you really think about it, like a grimoire really does make sense to call computer manuals grimoires. It really because does. Because more than just keeping knowledge, um, they are the piece of of like material storage that allows you to not only use, like utilize that knowledge, but uh, implement that knowledge in the best possible way, all right, to accomplish the task you're trying to accomplish. And I mean, other than the word technology, I feel like that perfectly describes what a grimoire is supposed to be. It totally does. You know what I'm saying? It does. It does. so it's a it's a fun little short story. Huh. I wish that you could find it like more easily, but it's just Is know. it like a public domain short story? No. Oh, you gotta like buy it or whatever. Well, or it's on even, his website or something. No, it's not even that. Mm-hmm. You have to try to find the original story and then basically I had to look at a PDF of it. So mm. what we'll do is we will put a link in the show notes for this. Um, so that way anybody who wants to read it can. Uh, I would love to find an actual hard copy of this book uh, or of this magazine. Um, it's super fun. Like I said, I only was able to read about two thirds. It looks like a whole page or at least part of a page is missing. Mm-hmm. But I got the beginning and the end of the story and that kind of allows you to put it all together. So it's super fun. So back to Technomancy. So right. we- So that's the, the, that story's name is Technomancy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, so technomancy is the use of modern technology in magic. Um, but I mean, you got to think about of it, like you were just saying, like if you were to go back in time, then it would be like a lot for somebody in ancient times to be able to like see um, even just like iPhones. But not only that, like you wouldn't even go to something that you wouldn't even, most modern people wouldn't really consider being technology, which is like lights in your house or devices that record, devices that play things. Uh, Also just like a stove, a modern stove would be like, uh, you know, would be like a use of technology and magic. So this term technomancy is really new, but you can sort of like uh, look at it going backwards in time to see if it's even like, you know, f- you know, to sort of see further back. Mm-hmm. Because right now, really, it means like using a computer or a device, some sort of electronic type of thing um, for magic. And in fact, it's actually pretty common for a lot of people to use technology even now, yeah. um, you know, for using like a Book of Shadows or a Grimoire or yeah. listening to us right now yeah. on whatever device you're listening yeah. to kind is of kind of like technomancy. Yeah. 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 So of. it's really 
really it's really fun when you sort of think about all the well, ways like you're doing that your that research kind of like on on a piece of technology when you're studying stuff and yeah i mean you know so i i, I would argue that magic is intimately connected with whatever sufficiently advanced technology that particular cross-section of society has at, you know at any given moment uh even though obviously there are those who will like rail against technology yeah. in magic and that's fine like you know like do you do you bro um or whatever but like when you think about it you're sort of It would almost like to do magic purely without technology. Like, like I'm only walking to the li- like I'm only going to the library and reading books and like totally like disconnected from the technological norm right now would almost be like, um, um, what's it called when you like when you're like acting out? History. Oh, like a reenactment. Like almost yeah. like reenactment levels of like magical practice. Which yeah. again, I mean, that sounds awesome. Right. Yeah. Like, why not? But uh, it's it's just it's an interesting way to think about it where it's like, you know, we and of course we are specifically talking about like technology's use in magic, like TM. But um, when you think about it from like a significantly higher, like further away sort of a, a perspective, like everybody's at least a little bit of a technomancer. Yeah, especially you know, today. Nowadays. I mean, you could even go so far as to say, well, are you doing your magic uh, in a room with electricity on it? That kind of thing. Yeah. Are you listening to music? Uh, now, another common way that people think of technomancy is with, um, well, with the Matrix. <laughs> Yeah. is to sort of perform magic um, with programs um, and programming of computers and other electronic devices. Yeah. So um, programs actually can even in like now can be written to form a, a specific function or to give a specific result. Um, but there's like not a lot out there otherwise um, for resources. Although a lot of people do use computers and other devices as mediums. I mean, this term is, you know, less than 30 years old. So it's kind of like looking for it, it's kind of like in the 90s um, when I was a when I was a little fledgling witch, uh, like looking for more information about witchcraft. And there just wasn't anything. Yeah. And that's really because a lot of the witchcraft TM stuff wasn't written until the nineties. Yeah. And even the previous stuff just about harder, Wicca was, was written in the seventies. Harder to you know? find simply because it wasn't like whatever, like the normal thing is that every library is going to carry or what have you. I mean, the internet certainly like, like exists as a series of tubes that connects everybody. Exactly. Uh, exactly. You know, to like talk about it in the like older parlance, but yeah, um, yeah I, I think that, I would almost argue that the sort of like technomantic revolution was probably the late 90s, early 2000s, because there were a lot of movies that really blurred the lines between yes. like technology, like computers and hacking and like wizards and magic, although maybe not in so specific a case like in The Matrix at no point in time are, is is there the assumption that he's doing magic? Yeah. Right. But at the same time, he's not pulling up a virtual keyboard and doing some stuff. Yeah. He's just like consciously aware enough of the virtual environment yeah. so as to cause or to, to like produce effect on it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but like, I, 
I feel like I've read several, several, several science fiction like shorts from yeah. the like 90s and 2000s that specifically cover this. And I feel like I've seen a bunch of movies that that v- like very closely like make this sort of like fantastical conclusion. Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah. I would argue that like technically Thor from the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a technomancer. Yeah. Because they openly say, even though like Doctor Strange does magic and Wanda does magic, right? They specifically mentioned that Thor and the Asgardians are basically so technologically advanced that they have magic, yeah. but like they don't have to do techno shit with it. Yeah. It's just that it's just that like they they're able to like kind of hack the matrix as it were like neo style yeah. because yeah. of some throwaway lines and I don't know, I think Thor 2 or Thor 1 or whatever. Uh, yeah. So like I mean when you th- when you put it that way, yeah, like that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and going back to the um like timing of magical text, most of the quote unquote defining magical text that we think of today were written prior to the rise and ubiquitous use of technology. Yeah. Um, so most of these texts, especially modern texts, um, some of them were written in the 90s, some of them were written in the 70s, more of them were written in the 20s, and even more of them were written earlier than that. Um, and in um, episode 30, uh, Spellcrafting, Book of Shadows, Grimoires, we talk a little bit more about this, but the printing press is really technically technology. Technology, but that is yeah. hundreds of years ago. So we don't yeah. think of it that way because a printed book, pff, easy peasy, right? Yeah, yeah, but magic users at the time were very particular about their magical books. So yeah. the printing press did increase the distribution of magical texts. However, people that were, shall we say, um, spellbook snobs, yeah. uh, they prized fancy, fancy handwritten book books over that. And you can see that people that still, still do that exists. today. A lot of people today still say, that your your book of shadows or your grimoire needs to be like written by you or something to that effect which you know i mean like not to get into that level of like of like you know discussion or whatever but you do have in like i mean like like a solid example like an easier to deal with example is like um runes yeah right what paint are you going to use on your runes right so like some people are going to say you can't buy runes right you have Mm -hmm. to either make them yourselves or be gifted i've also heard people tell me that you can't even you can neither buy runes nor can you make your own runes they have to be gifted to you which is a very strange information about that with tarot decks yeah yeah. and we talk a lot more about that yeah, we talk about casting runes, runes episode, which is episode twenty. Yeah, as well as we talk about that also in the tarot reading episode, yeah. which is episode seven. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, like are you if you want a specific color, like my runes, I got like a very, very, very specific color where the the pigments, it, the pigment and like the substrate is like a is like a uh like a handcrafted oil and the pigment was like a yeah. powderized stone. Yeah. So like it's like as close to nature as possible, but it was still done by a machine. It wasn't like a dude with a hammer or something. However yeah. you make however you make pigment. Um and paint and <laughs> it's such. It's like a mortar and pestle. Yeah, but just like wham, 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 <laughs> paint. You just hammer a rock hard enough, paint. That's not that's not how um, that works. That's how that works. Yeah, that's how that works. Bug shells, paint. Um yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, but no. So, like, again, it's one of those things where it's like, if you want a handwritten grimoire, that's that's great. Listen, honestly, I'm pretty jealous of the fact that you have the bold-faced confidence in your handwriting, and handwriting. to write that you know shit what? on your if own. If I have to pick because... up a pen and write more than, like, a post-it note's worth of yeah. stuff, my hand hurts it's not that i can't write a lot <laughs> it's just that my handwriting is hot garbage whether i'm going slow and trying real hard or not oh my uh, handwriting is atrocious you can ask my coworkers I, when i write um, notes on stuff i mean i can ask you it's a nightmare how about my handwriting yeah it's not it's, great it's, it's not fantastic great. i love my handwriting it's not great it's delightful yeah. and it's uh, i've been told that it's rem- reminiscent of hieroglyphics and i'm living for that i mean i guess that's um, an achievable goal i write in all capital letters and half of my letters are strange shapes because i do too. i do uh, single pass writing where i don't have to like pick my pencil up and down to oh, do I don't characters do yeah um and so i can write faster because i had to do that when i was taking uh yeah. notes for security so like i had to just like jot down as much information as i could as quickly as i could yeah. so like whatever but like again would i love to one day hand write and like do those like beautiful like nature drawings in a grimoire. Of course I would, but I do abstract art and my handwriting <laughs> looks like absolute fucking chaos. So instead of that, what I can do is I can use my immensely developed computational <laughs> skills and just Photoshop that shit because then I can make every single line exactly as perfect as I want it. Every color down to the pixel perfect as I want it. Everything's just perfect. And I'm obviously a crazy perfectionist about stuff. <laughs> Clearly, I've well, spent the last five minutes complaining about my own handwriting. <laughs> well, the the interesting thing about about that is that there are a lot of people out there who are very against using those particular yeah. methods to do a book of shadows or grimoire, whatever, whatever magic stuff it is. There's a lot of people out there who, who are either very against it or just like, it doesn't quite feel right to them. Um, or they haven't really thought about it because you sort of think of, of magic and paganism and heathenism in this like modern day as like, sort of like getting back to your roots and like going back to that. And part of that lends really well to going low tech, shall we say. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that you have to. And some people um, I've seen say they don't like it because it doesn't feel natural. Um, but what if you're mad? What if you're not a nature magic? Exactly. Practitioner? So really, like if you're practicing water magic, like you're a water witch or or something like that. Yeah. Right. Like, can you use tap water? Do you have to buy Evian water? Is Fiji water okay? Right? I mean, those are all questions that you just have to ask yourself. Yeah. And then you just, you make your rules. And and maybe that means that one day the grocery store's added a particular bottle of water that you prefer to use. Yeah. Right? So, so you got to postpone a spell or something, and that's fine. Right? That's entirely up to you. Um, honestly, for me, it's the exact same logic as do you buy bottled water or you drink tap water? Now, I understand that some people can't drink their tap water. That's Again, yeah. perfectly reasonable, right? But like for me, I just drink tap water. Yeah, we drink tap water. We drink tap water. Um, we have pretty good tap water out here. Yeah, but we're lucky. We, we yeah, live in a place still, that's good tap water. I drink tap water. If we, did, if we had unsafe or gross tap water, we would not be drinking tap water. Yeah. Uh, but I, this is one of those things where the choice of how, of of, it, of technology, yes, no, and how much technology to use is yeah. really sort of up to you as the end user. It's a and super you personal make the decision. Rules, but at the yeah. same time, I do caution you to not make rules that hinder yourself. So don't let 
let good don't, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Don't if put you up really, barriers in your own mind. Yeah. Everybody else really around you is going to do it. So you don't do it. Beautiful handwritten good you know grimoire. I almost said guitar grimoire. I want one of them sweet handwritten <laughs> guitars. <laughs> Playing them blues and So, like, if you really want beautiful handwritten stuff, or you only want to do your spells, you know, by hand with, like, fancy inks or whatever, that's totally fine. Yeah. But also, don't let that be, don't let that, that rule that you're making for yourself stress you out to such a way where you don't even want to do the magic stuff, yeah. because it feels like so much work. So, basically, allow yourself the ability to change your rules however it suits yeah. you. Let me tell you about my journey with trying to journal. Um, yeah, I have like five. I've never started one of them more than like three pages. So that's how that works. Oh, yeah. Um, because again, I hate writing. I hate my handwriting and um, it's the future. I should be able to type shit up. Yeah. So that's exactly what I do. But um, yeah, it's it's really it's in each each individual their own sort of situation. Now, now, if you are listening to this and you have an opinion on it, and you would like to share that opinion with us in a non-assholery-based sort of way, please. please Asholian. Yeah, Asholian yeah. sort of way. Let me know. I, I'm always very interested on this because to me, the like there's no good reason to separate magic from technology. And we'll get into why later on. Um, like where my opinions lie specifically on technomancy and, As and if the we like. Haven't already heard your opinions. Right, 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 right. right. Well, <laughs> mm, not all the way, but um, but at the same time, like, yeah, sure, of course, I would love to like, I, like, I know how to make paper. I would love to like make my own paper and bind it into a book with like leaves and shit imbued in the paper, and then like handwrite my own thing with like beautiful ink Make and shit like ink, that. Use yeah. a quill pen, the yeah. whole yeah. thing, the yeah. whole thing. I'm but very every time I've ever used a quill pen, it's been a horrible mess, except for that glass one that I have, that one works. I have a glass quill, it's real nice, but it doesn't help that I still can't write good or draw good. Yeah, see, I'm left-handed. Quill pens are not my yeah. friend. You just gotta, you gotta do it like this. <laughs> but regardless, you if you style. have opinions, we definitely would like to hear them. Yeah, so I definitely wanna know where you lie. Hit us up on lie. social media. If you're watching on YouTube, comment. You can yeah. also, if you're listening, on a podcast network, you can always go to the YouTube channel and then comment there yep. too. Or hit us up or on social. Email us. Or send us an email. Or you know what? Leave your comment in in a review. Just be like, I uh, I came here to review specifically this one episode. They're wrong. Ha 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 ha. I'll take that review. Homie engagement is engagement, right? Yeah. Rue stuff. <laughs> um. <laughs> so technomancy often appears in books, games, and mm. anime, um, and other types of pop culture things. And sure. it sort of appears in a few different ways. Um, and one of those ways is magic that's used to power or control technology, especially like steampunky kind of stuff. Um, you also see technology mm. that is so advanced that seems like magic, something we've already kind of mentioned, mm -hmm. as well as a combo of magic and technology. And before we give some examples of this, I want to talk to you briefly about Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke is a British science fiction writer, and in his writings, he created three laws. Who doesn't know who Arthur C. Clarke There's is? There's probably plenty of people. <laughs> um, and, and in his writings, he created three laws. And now this sounds like, oh, science fiction, that has nothing to do with magic. But with the right frame of mind, all of these things tie into magic. So the first law is when a distinguished but elderly scientist states that something is possible, they're almost certainly right. So just replace the word with scientist with magician. Sure. Yeah. Practitioner. Practitioner. Mage. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Um, the second law is the only way of discovering the limits of the possible is to venture a little way past them into the impossible. And isn't that really what we're doing when we're doing magic in the first place? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And now the last and actually most popular. It's also how you advance science. But that's yes. True. Yes. <laughs> it's not to say these don't apply to science. Yeah, but they, I'm apply, saying to they both, also guys. apply to magic. Yeah. There's a lot more overlap than you'd think. Now, the most popular and third one is any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And this really falls in line with the Thor thing. You see this frequently and it's definitely true. Um, so when you think about it, magic is in its own way technology. Now, there's another science fiction writer whose name is Larry Niven, and his he has a quote that I want to share with you as well. It's not really a law, but he's basically riffing off of Arthur C. Clarke here when he says, sufficiently advanced magic is indistinguishable from technology. Yeah. Le Larry Niven is, and I've, I've read many, many of his books, and he- I knew you'd be excited he for this is, quote. He is, he is like- he walks the line in what is definitely logical technology and what is most assuredly magical ass stuff. Yeah. And and in fact, speaking of the I, I don't know if you've written this one down in here, um, but uh the Hyperion Contos, which is yeah. arguably one of my favorite I did not. series of books, directly is magic become magic and technology melding. Well, and right? not just because magic and technology, but also religion and magic and technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean, I mean, the 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 girl, the prophet, right? When she can listen to the song of the of the spheres and then like basically like find love in them, she's able to literally teleport across like vast cosmic distances yeah. with a thought, and that's just because she's able to touch. A medium of space time that that in the book um, is inhabited by the lions, tigers, and bears. The only way that they're able to describe, yeah, basically maybe gods, but definitely shit that can do god shit. Yeah, but that's like old and shit. So like, yeah, the, I never really thought about it that way, but that book is like straight hard technomancy. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Dang. Once you sort of think about it, you really yeah. see a lot of parallels and not, there's a ton of parallels in science fiction. We're gonna oh talk about yeah. some of these examples, <laughs> um, but there are, there's way too many examples for me to list here. And some of these things I'm not even super familiar with, but um, like, it's not just stuff that you see in sci-fi. Yeah. Um, you also see it in anime. So like a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of slice of white, Life. Little Witch Academia is a very popular anime, and yep. there are two characters actually, uh, but one in particular is Constanza Amalie von Brauschbank Albrechtsberger. Thanks anime for that. Um, and this particular character combines magic with robots and laser guns, um, even though magic, even though this type of magic, her particular type of magic is, is forbidden by her magic school. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's... Uh... Uh, technopathy. Yes, which is something that that has always been very is interesting, very related to all of yeah, this as well. Well, yeah, I would argue that technopathy is just a specific type of technomancy, mm -hmm. right? And that's just like how a telepath is able to like uh, mind yeah. stuff. A technopath is able to like uh, computer stuff. Yeah. Uh, in fact, like three of the stories I'm currently in the process of writing have. <laughs> technopaths in yes them. they do so yeah. yeah that's just one of those things i feel like it's we're like i mean 
Elon Musk wants to put chips on our brains so we can control our cell phones, and isn't that just technopathy, but with more steps? Uh, it is sufficiently with advanced le- with technology. less steps, so Maybe also bam. a little baby brother, but we're, or big brother, but we know we're not going to go into that. Whatever. Now, another- We have the robot that listens <laughs> to do. our conversations. Yeah. Another example from the fantasy side of things is actually Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. So at Dungeons & Dragons 4th edition introduced- um, Eberron, which I believe is a place. And in Eberron, they have um, all kinds of things that are powered by magic, including trains and skyships and other mechanical objects that are powered by magic. And when I read this, because I'm not, I'm familiar with D&D, but I'm not familiar with Eberron or the fourth edition specifically, sure, yeah. but this really reminds me of the Two, um, 2.5 of the example of the golems yeah. from Hebrew mythology, sure, yeah. um, where they're basically, I mean, in that, in the golem side of things, they're they're making a person out of clay and then imbuing it with a life force. But I mean, really, how different is that from building a mechanical creature? Well, building a robot and imbuing and it with imbuing life it with force. A life yeah, force. that's it's exactly the same thing. No, completely, completely, completely. Well, and speaking of of like trains and skyships and stuff like that, uh, Magic the Gathering is is. Uh, especially in the books, right? Uh, Urza, which is one of the major planeswalkers, big character. He's part of the Brothers War and all that kind of stuff. Fucking great books. Um, he basically does technomancy. Like he can use magic, but because he's like so mechanically inclined, the way that he uses magic is through like magic, like magic like imbued into crystals that animate machines that do like very specific things. And so he builds like ornithopters and, and these like big, like uh, he literally builds a golem. That's part of like how he gets into the whole bloody thing is like, is like him imbuing, like, like using magic to imbue life into all of these pieces of artifice. He's an artificer is, uh, is the term in magic the gathering. Uh, And on the exact other side of that, his brother Mishra is like a, is like a like a naturalist and is very into like engineering people and and he's basically the Borg queen, um, <laughs> like he basically does the Borg stuff, yeah. uh, but with magic. It's like the Borg plus magic, which is frankly just the nightmare form of the Borg. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that totally happens in Magic: The Gathering. Also. Yeah. 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 Moving into the video game side of things, there's an Overwatch character, and I apologize for those of you listeners who are very into Overwatch. I have never played it, uh, but played it a little, there is a good. character <laughs> whose name is Sombra, and she basically summons a keyboard that she uses to then hack technology. That's gangster. So I mean, that's still definitely like magic because she's just summoning a keyboard out yeah. of nothing. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this before, but She-Ra and the Princesses of Power yep. is very, very techno We talk more about this in Pub Chat episode one. Yeah. Um, but uh, basically um, the entire... The entirety of the planet where everything takes place on is basically made of magic, but the magic is in such a way that it really flows with technology. And you actually see that in a lot of the artwork for it and a lot of the character design and a lot of ways that the characters use it. So there's not really a beginning or an end. It's not like technology that controls magic. And it's not really like like it's not like they put a bunch of technology here to control the magic, but it's also not that like like they put a bunch of technology here to make magic. Yeah. It's sort of like magic and technology are like like directly are connected. Are like the same yeah, thing almost. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Also, 
wonderful show. Fantastic show. It's only five seasons on Netflix. Highly recommend. Yeah. To literally anybody, even if you were not necessarily a fan of She-Ra from the 80s. It's oh, very, it's very different. Very different yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's very different. Um, now, Babylon 5 also has technomancy. And yeah. in that, they actually have um, characters that are called technomages yep. that um, sort of interface with technology in what appears to be or is either actually a very magical way. Yeah. I'm not as familiar with Babylon 5. With yeah. The techno I've seen it all the way through, but like once. Same so, here. Same here. So like, yeah, I do remember them having techno mages. And, and speaking of Babylon 5, and before we move on to the next one, you also have Andromeda basically has like techno mages. Yeah. Um, you also have Dune basically has techno mages. They not only have techno mages, but they got straight up techno shamans that yeah. are like mad tripping balls and hallucinations. You also have Warhammer 40K, which is straight up low def fucking technology yeah. tearing holes into magic to make shit work. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's how the Emperor is immortal. Chronicles God. of Riddick. Chronicles of Riddick. Where they use very specifically death or wind magic in it. Well, well, the wind magic lady is an elemental. Yes. Right. And then the whole visiting death thing is just that whatever <laughs> that's some stuff <laughs> so like yeah 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 there's a ton of there's a ton of shows yeah. but then next up obviously is star trek star trek yeah um, now if for me i know you've got probably a lot of words because of star trek but for yeah. me what i see that's very magical about this is particularly um sort of tied into this uh, episode two of picard which is currently airing on uh, Paramount Plus and season two, er, season two of, Picard. of Picard, whatever <laughs> yeah. words. Um, and that's Q and the Watchers. So for people who aren't familiar with Star Trek um, in two sentences, what is Q? What? Okay. It not, it's not really a what, but that's okay. Uh, Q is a group of sentient God level entities. That's okay. really it, right? It's exactly that simple. They all go by the name Q. They live in a continuum called the Q continuum. They are infinitely powerful with a snap of a finger. Q can do everything from change your outfit into a different outfit to change Wesley Crusher from a boy to a man. To going right. back in time. To going back in time, to snapping his fingers and literally bringing the Borg all the way across the galaxy. Like a whole grip of these motherfuckers. Yeah. All the way over here. So the If Q, that's not magic, I don't know what it is. Well, <laughs> there is no technological um, connection at all yeah. between the Q and the technology of the time. Like yeah. there's no explanation. Q are just gods. But you do have other things like that in um in Star Trek. So like for instance, the Vulcans can perform mind melds. So Vulcans yeah. have like telekinetic powers and like telepathy and such like that. And so do like Betazoids and stuff. But using technology, you can you can take technology and use it to either like uh dampen some stuff, like dampen specific brain waves in the receiver. So that way, like there's less chance of the Vulcan performing the mind melt. I believe Tuvok does this to save somebody, like maybe Harry Kim one time or something. Um, to be able to like dampen the mind meld. They've also used technology in uh Chakotay when he he uses a technological device to help him reach his spirit guide place yep. for his people. Um you also have um 
Like, like, you also just have, like, weirdly long-lived people who use technology but are also, like, vaguely magical. Star Trek has strange energies. They're just called strange energies. It's one of my favorite parts of Star Trek. And if that shit touches you, you just gain godlike powers. A la, um, that episode of Lower Decks or Gary Seven from the original series. Yeah. Depending on, like, where you fall as a Trekkie. Yeah, you can um, also meditate so... So much. Oh my god, so yeah, you can just meditate hard enough to, to become a god basically. in Star Trek. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot that yeah, goes there's into a, that. There's a lot <laughs> of of both mutual respect and use of technology in um uh magical and religious practices in Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, like the episode where those uh interdimensional like like bug angel things yeah or like tarot holes in that ship that like other federation ship was yeah. lost in the delta quadrant and they were all evil and whatnot that whole that piece of technology that like warship totem literally just emits a frequency that lets those things in yeah but without the like pan flute or whatever the people that they stole yeah. that from have and that pan flute like calms them so they just like show up and like go like woo, and they're like ah religion or whatever <laughs> right um I don't remember. <laughs> that was like the very beginning of that episode. Um, but like, whatever. Right. So, but like without that, they weren't able to do anything. And even though this species re recognized that these were like religious, uh, I could like, this was religious technology and religious iconography, right. The, that, that ship of very, very evil non-Federation Starfleet officers um, also realized that these angel creatures are made of like mostly gangster plasma energy. Yeah. So if you just like summon one and capture it in a pod, you can just like juice it. It was horrifying. To run yeah. your warp core yeah. at like way, way higher rates than it's supposed to because their ship was like, 150 years away from the yeah. Alpha Quad or the uh yeah the Alpha Quadrant because they were only like a warp seven ship instead of like Voyager that, yeah who can do like nine nine five crews which yeah. is ridiculous but like so yeah I mean technology and magic in Star Trek are directly connected yeah continuously religion and technology are directly connected and they even address like um. In DS9, there's an episode where they figure out that the Bajorans built a wooden vessel that used this special cloth that was solar sail cloth that, like, was imbued with some stuff and constructed in such a way where, like, they were able to, by using, like, solar, like, solar wind or solar flares or whatever, they were able to travel at the speed of warp all the way from Bajor to Cardassia in the um, Gamma Quadrant, uh, which is super gangster, right? Yeah. It means that they developed warp drive before they understood what warp even was purely as like a practice, like a function of religious accident, sort yeah. of, uh, which is a really fun episode. Um, and it's a really cool wooden ship, you yeah. know? Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of connection there. Yeah. I'm sure you can talk for hours on Star Trek and magic, oh but I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. <laughs> uh, so earlier we talked about the matrix. We talked about Neo, but Neo isn't the only character in the matrix that really sort of blends technology and magic. And this is really sort of like where an entity is bending technology to their will in a basically a magical way. So that's the Oracle. And I mean, honestly, like basically any of the big characters like the Merovingian, the dude in the room well the merovingian isn't even a person this that's the best part is that the merovingian yeah. much like um um agent smith are pieces of technology that seem to have almost achieved magical levels of property yeah. right because because especially 
the Merovingians who are immortal programs, right? Even though they're not supposed to be. Yeah. And uh and and uh, Agent Smith, who is supposed to be a simple program, but through interacting with Neo, gained enough sentience to break free from his programming and evolve consciousness. Yeah. And then with that consciousness and awareness of the fact that it is only programming, be able to fucking toe-to-toe fight literally a god in the Matrix yeah. in the form of Neo, as well as move outside of the Matrix, not only to occupy people, horrifying, but also to <laughs> occupy other robots. And let's let's all vaguely disregard the one time Neo was out of the Matrix and used his in-Matrix powers, which either means we're in two Matrixes, which is not my favorite answer to that. Or, or two, it's literally that his force of will, his understanding of the program is so great that even at a distance and not directly connected, he is able to alter the matrix from afar, yeah. right? Which is its own very cool, like cosmic magic thing Yeah. Um, with regard to like technomancy. Because Neo is straight up a technomancer. Yeah. Like no questions about that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Going a little bit more low tech in the technomancy side of things is a movie called The Skeleton Key. Uh, and in it, basically, this chick ends up having to be a caretaker for this old guy and his wife. And they live in this old home. It's in the bayou. It's very spoopy stuff happening. And um, <laughs> spoilers, but this is like easily a 15 year old movie. Um, <laughs> but like really, the end result is that they are. Um, they're doing magic on this woman to take over her body so mm -hmm. that they can use her body again. And they are able to do that through playing a record. Uh, it basically does the spell and does all the things. So, I mean, looking at it from a, you know, a, a 2022 perspective, that's not very technologically savvy. But if you were to look at that from any other perspective, really, they were just using the technology to make that magic happen. Yeah. If this movie was remade and put into modern times, they would be using like an MP3. Yeah. Or well, you would, you would make the argument then that Chucky is technomancy. Yeah. Right. Because he bound, he, he freed his soul and bound it to a doll. Right. Yeah less less the new Chucky because the new Chucky is just like you program the doll for murder but then put it behind a firewall yeah or whatever yeah. the hell that was on about um obviously Jason X but we don't need to talk about that um <laughs> for very obvious reasons although I personally love that movie yeah uh like half of the Leprechaun movies yeah um especially Leprechauns in space what, what Leprechaun 4 I think is the I one where they're in space I love all the Leprechaun movies to death by the way they're so <laughs> ridiculous I love them um but when you think about it actually a, a fair amount of horror movies use some function of yeah. technology I mean arguably the ring Right? Yeah. An evil spirit is stored on a flipping VHS tape. Yeah, yeah. Right? I would also venture to say that there's just a lot of movies in general. 50% of all have, zombie movies yeah, are some are sort of technology gone awry. Um, I think the Fast and the Furious movies, I think that they use essentially what is the law of attraction, meaning you visualize it, you attract that to you. They would be um, mechanomancers, be not technomancers. They would be mechanomancers. Yeah, except for... Um, Oh, there's one character who does like hacking and stuff like that. But yeah. for the rest, they're all just mechanomancers and arguably they're just straight fucking wizards because, uh, you know, cars and physics do not work They're that basically way. using the power of family yeah. to make they're just like they're, He's so confident in his badassery that he's just able to like bend reality. <laughs> you know what? 
Triple X. I'm putting it out there. Yeah. Triple X. Yeah. Well, also, and also not just the Thor movies, and it's particularly Thor 2 when they talk about technology yeah. being so advanced. Yeah. Um, that's when Jane is in the thing with mm -hmm. the cancer. Mm -hmm. um, but really, because we know that that exists in Thor, we know that that exists in other places throughout the Marvel Universe. And that's very well documented in the movies, yeah. you know, where the sort of technology and the magic sort of combine, even if they're not necessarily calling it out. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean as, yeah, so, Iron Man 2. Yeah. Right. Well, one, any of the later Iron Man suits where he just like touches his chest and nanites pour out and cover him in fucking gangster. But um, yeah, uh, in Thor 2 specifically, they have the extremist virus. And uh, in the movie, That's Iron it's Man a, too. or Iron, I'm sorry, in Iron Man 2, the extremist virus in the movie, it's like just a virus and they don't really talk about it so much. Yeah. But in the comic books, it's straight nanites yeah. that like unlock everything and like make you like super powered. And like you're able to like throw fire and like control technology at yeah. a distance and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, that, I mean, like that's exactly what that is. Yeah, yeah. You know. So as you can see or hear, that is, there is a <laughs> ton of ways that technology is used in pop culture, and really, it is. It, it sort of shows how, even though this is such a new sort of term, um, how prevalent it is in today's society. Yeah. Um, and technology in general, if you haven't already been convinced, is a great medium for magic, a great tool for magic for those that are technically inclined, as well as actually for those who are closeted um, practitioners. Sure. There's yeah. a lot that there's a lot of privacy. Password that protected journals. Gives you. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Totally, um, totally. And coming back to the um, sort of it's not natural thing. Technology does use electricity electricity, yep. right? Um, and electricity is a form of energy and that is part of the magical thing, but there's also electricity that's it's really useful elsewhere in the world. So, um, it, you but know, it's not, there's a it's lot. not just, it's not just that technology uses move the movement of electrons, right? The like lifeblood of reality itself. Um, but like your computer is full of precious metals and 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 slivers like it, you know I mean it's like a, a mechanical watch uses gems in it yeah uses sapphires in it right so your mechanical watch if sapphire is a stone important to your practice would literally act as like a beacon for ma collecting magical yeah. energy. Uh, your computer is full of like uh, palladium and, and silicone and copper and iron and, and gold and mm -hmm. all these precious metals. It, it would not be hard to put together a list of the necessary material as a generalized proportion in your cell phone or laptop and then look up, the correspondences for that and to find like what things have meaning to you. In addition to the fact that like your laptop's black, my cell phone's, uh, my cell phone case is purple. Purple's an important color to me. Like our cell phone backgrounds matter. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I make witchy backgrounds for our patrons yeah. um, when I get around to doing it. But um, <laughs> I make like witchy backgrounds and stuff. So you can like make symbols and stuff yeah. on that. I've, I have done symbol magic on a computer, like making like symbols, whether it's for like specific spells or divination on computers, literally since before I was a practicing pagan. Like yeah. while I was still a practicing Catholic, I would do that just because it was easier. Yeah. You know? So yeah. like, you know, it, for me, it's it's a very intimately connected part of my reality, my magical reality, as it were. Um. But yeah, I mean, you're all of this technology is made up of of a lot of the same stuff 
that this back here is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So now that we've convinced you. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, now we've got some ways to use technomancy. And that the reason why we have a whole bunch of ways for this is, one, to share this information and this knowledge, hopefully to either give you the courage to try it the or the idea to try something specific, maybe yeah. get outside of your box. But also um, because there's not a lot of resources out there with this stuff. Um, I had to do quite a bit of weird digging in this episode episode and try to separate quality from not quality and also from fiction and satire. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's only fiction until it isn't, right, yeah, guys? exactly. So, so we've got a bunch bam. of ways to use um, technoman uh, technology and to be sort of like a technomancer. Yeah. So the first of those is probably the easiest and probably the ones that most people are, the most people are doing, and that's to store your Book of Shadows or your grimoire on a device. Yeah. Whether yeah. that's a computer, whether that's your phone, whether it's the cloud, whatever. Password protected app, or if you're a patron and, and you don't have a grimoire or a book of shadows but you just download the grimoire pages you're just that you downloading make. our book yeah. of shadows pages well there you go you're a technomancer already you just didn't know it yet boom so there you go bam that's it you're done this yeah. is the end of the episode uh next Wah -wah. up is the use of ai generated <laughs> apps to create sigils or art as a compunction of meditation or creativity or like spell binding or something like that. This is something that I do a lot. Yeah. I do this primarily as a, as a function of, of like creative meditation. Um, in so far as I use an app called Wumbo, we have no association with this app. I found it like entirely randomly. Somebody that I follow on Instagram posted an image and I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. What is this? And they like hashtag Wumbo. And I was like, well, that's not a word I've ever heard before. Why don't I look that up? And I downloaded the app and I use it like almost every single day. <laughs> it's a real problem. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see them in my stories. So follow me on Instagram. You get to see all my weird artistic creations in Wumbo. And Wumbo's just, uh, you give it a prompt and you set your artistic parameter, and then it outputs an AI-generated art form following those, uh, yeah. those specific details. And there are more advanced ways to do AI art, a thing that I would love to get into if you know how to do it. What's up, be friends? Um, but yeah, so AI-generated art for sigil magic or, uh, or like worship or any sort of practice like that is definitely one way to use technomancy. Yeah. You can also either in conjunction with that or separately use a picture of a sigil or a spell on your phone uh, um, or like your computer as a background or a lock screen. Yep. Um, and every time you look at it, it kind of powers that again and again and again. Yep. And yep. not only that, it reminds you of what it is that you're a, trying to do. A with that. thing that we actively do all the time. Yeah. Uh, after that is the use of electronic music, whether that's like binaural beats or guided meditations or um um or like lo-fi <laughs> like lo-fi like chill like a uh, lo-fi like i exclusively uh, meditate to like electronic lo-fi yeah totally totally well yeah. i mean we listen to like all sort of music right yeah but um i often will meditate to um like uh, lo-fi or like techno or like yeah. like cyber like cyberpunky yeah. sort not of affiliated, music. Hashtag not an ad. Um, but I prefer Astral Throb. Astral um, Throb is really good. YouTube. This person has um, like individual songs that are shorter, but they also have a lot of longer things. Long form playlists. And yeah. it's like thirty to fifty minutes, and it's perfect for me. 
Yeah, there's oh, there's another one that I yeah. like too. You can also like record your throne. own meditations, especially if you're doing a guided meditation. Um, so that's definitely another way to use technology and the magic. Yeah, and you I mean can... binaural beats are straight up technomancy. Yes, right. A lot of these binaural beats are like oh, I don't know the numbers. Don't quote me on these. It'd be like 539 hertz, activate uh, alpha wave, or like active, like open up your you know, whatever chakra with, gland. or yeah, pineal gland or, or whatever. Like that shit happens all the time. I listen to a ton of that stuff, by the by. And yeah. there's so much really good, like combination of like uh, Eastern practice music combined with like binaural audio and like specific frequency, like manipulation yeah. and, and like techno to make these like really interesting, like dynamic things. It's, yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. You can also use um, like electronic divination. So you can use an app that draws tarot cards or runes. You I can have also an app that's associated yep. with a deck of tarot cards. I have that not only lets you draw tarot cards on the app, so you don't have to use the deck like if you're not near it, uh, but also lets you, it has like an AI, um, not AI, um, AR function, augmented reality yeah. function, where if I like, like use my camera phone, like over the tarot card, it like, it becomes this like 3D thing and you can access like deeper information into like the star clusters that are drawn on the tarot card and such like that. Yeah. It's a very cool piece of tech. It's a very cool idea. Great artist. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's um, yeah. Muzo Designs or something to that extent. Um, oh, that tarot deck's buried. <laughs> well, you can also use um, random number generators or also true random number generators to um, for divination, either by assigning things certain numeric values, doing sort of a um, numerology side of things. But you can also tie in those random number generators to something else. So bibliomancy is where you take a book and then you open to a random page and you choose a random line in it or sentence. And that helps to answer whatever um, divinatory question you had. And you can use RNG in conjunction with that. So you've got a book, um, you know, or you've got you've got 10 books on your shelf, and you can say, okay, RNG a random number between one and ten. It's five. Okay. Now you go to the fifth book, you see that that book has 400 pages. So now RNG one to four hundred, you yeah. found your page. And then you count how many lines are on a page. Let's say there's 30, RNG 30, and then it's the 30th line, and that gives you the answer to your question. Of course, that's a quite complicated way to do that. Um, it's really not. It's actually quite simple and very easy. Um, but that is a, a really is interesting way, way that you can use that. There... You can also um, RNG um, tarot cards, so oh, yeah. or an oracle deck. So you just count how you know. So you say RN, you know, do random, a random number generator, like one through, through seventy-eight on the tarot deck, yeah. and then it's like number fifty-five, and then you count to fifty-five, and then that fifty-fifth card is your answer. Yeah. So you can use a lot of ways to not only use the random number generator thing, but also sort of like tie that into more like physical yeah. methods. Yeah. There is, speaking of bibliomancy, there is a website, and I do not remember the name of this piece of technology, but there is a website that basically uses like an algorithm to, this website is basically like, from a purely mathematical standpoint, we can calculate and figure out exactly like what would happen if we combine all possible letters and numbers in all possible iterations, including like yeah. spaces and like periods and stuff like that. Uh, so you can like look up your name and it'll be like, it shows up 80 million times. Like here are the top ones. Yeah. You can like, you can look up whole sentences and it'll yeah. be like this sentence showed up here. So you can totally use that for, yeah. and I have done that, used that for like um, 
a sort of uh, bibliomancy. Yeah. So yeah, you can totally do that. Uh, you can also uh, use instead of visualizations, uh, like you could basically use technomancy instead of visualization. Jesus Christ, I can't even think. Um, uh, so like if you're not like a seeing pictures in your head kind of person, then you can like basically just like, okay, you want it, you need to focus on a pyramid. You need to focus on a pomegranate. You need to focus on a particular god, and there's a statue of them in Athens that you enjoy, or, or whatever. Even if there's Just a spell, Google that, and then you know, focus on and, that image. And the the purpose of the spell is, you know, for like more money or a better job. You just have that image, yeah. And then you just sort of gaze at that. Yeah. We talk a little bit more about seeing things in your mind, in your mind's eye, in our one year anniversary Q and A episode twenty seven. Yeah. This is particularly helpful for people who can't see things in their mind's eye, which is called aphantasia um and you can also <laughs> sort of like tying into the visualization you can also scry by looking at either an image or a gif until you sort of see something um or you can also um, use the black reflective screen of your phone or perhaps uh your monitor um uh, instead of using like getting a black scrying mirror mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah of course you can also learn coding too um there is a lot of really really interesting ways that people who practice a lot of technology with their magic use coding. And in particular, there is a program that's called Scratch. It's built by MIT, and it's designed to help the average person create a simple code program with drag and drop segments. And um, you can find a ton more about coding and magic um, by visiting the website Technomancy 101, which again, not affiliated. It's a really, really cool resource that sort of gives you an intro to a lot of stuff with Technomancy and also gives you a ton of ways to use Technomancy um, in a way where you either need very little or you're able to sort of get up to speed very quickly yeah. with what you want um, to do with that magical stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can also use images or videos to like loop them either as single focuses or like to loop them for like meditations or for visualizations. So like, um, like let's say if you put together like a photo album and put it on your TV, then you would be able to like, while you're doing a like particular spell, you have those photos playing. And you could also, and like, we literally do this for our rituals. We will be like, we'll be like, we'll find like a music that we're vibing on, like for the particular thing that we're doing magically, like just on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. And just like put that on, you know? And yeah. some, I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. Sometimes the algorithm gods are like, are like, what's up? You're just gonna be in the pocket uh, with like, like the pocket of like Celtic chants or like Enya or like, yeah. you know, whatever, Danheim or, yeah, or, or whatever it or, is. Or, whom, or whomever it is. And sometimes we'll be like halfway through a spell and it's just like, what's up with like this comedy song? Or sup, 90s R&B. Yeah, sup, sup, with, sup with like Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> Middle of this spell, Kiss from a Rose. And you're just like gangster. I haven't heard that song in like a while. I don't know why you're serving that to me, but clearly it's needed. So yeah, I guess, yeah. whatever, uh, I'm going to kiss a rose on a grave or what, whatever's going on with that guy. So we'll go watch Batman. Uh, but so, yeah, you can definitely use like, like you could basically like set up loops, presentations, self presentations, whether it's like videos or gifts or loops or what or photo, like photo loops or whatever to um, act as uh, 
like uh, like a tool for meditation or your particular magical practice. Exactly. Yeah. You can also, of course, I mean, now that we're in the panini and we've been here for a while, um, you know, you can years do panini, like a Zoom call um, with a yep. coven for like a spell or a ritual or Sabbath work. That's definitely a way to do it. Um, you can also use what are called servitors. This is something that's really popular and very commonly used in chaos magic, which we will talk about in depth in, a, in another episode. Another There's day. a lot of really, really interesting stuff about chaos magic. And There's a lot of bold opinions about <laughs> chaos magic out there. Yes. Let me tell you what. Sometimes I'm reading a thing about chaos magic and I'm like, huh. It's weird that you have such a bold opinion about some shit I've never heard of before. Yeah. Gangster. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm right. reading stuff about chaos magic and I'm like. Someone needs a therapist. Yeah. Uh, Honey, but that's, not that's magic, its own that's thing. You. Um, so you can also create <laughs> servitors, and servitors are essentially um, automatons that are Robot created bubbles. by your mind okay. and by your magical powers to uh, to basically achieve something. So imagine, in a more physical sense, you want to create a machine that's going to go and get a bucket of water from the well. Sure. Every time it just goes and gets a bucket from of water from the well. Every time you yeah, say, yeah, what is my purpose? You you serve you bring the butter. Yeah, every time you say spaghetti. Yeah. So you say spaghetti, the machine goes and does the thing. So think of the servitor. I, I'm just picking random things coming out of my mind. Um, so, so awesome, know. the organization. So, in so that, when guys. you create yeah. a servitor, you're basically creating a magical construct that is at at the prompting that you basically choose to do the action that you want. Yeah, that's a very complicated way of saying use programming and coding, but in your own head. It is basically a thing that I literally actively yeah. do. So yeah. yeah, all the time, right? I, I, not so specific as a robot that gets water because I said spaghetti <laughs> or fucking I don't whatever, know. right? But but I mean, you can use like coding structures to help you refine your magic or define a particular task that you're trying to undertake magically right another term i would use for that even though i i i would imagine many people would argue with me is gamification yeah. if you are gamifying your magical practice you are probably using mental servitors to do that yeah yeah right probably. so bam that yeah uh, so you could also read magical texts or old grimoires obviously through the internet. Because of the internet, everything is available everywhere all the time. It's awesome, guys. We're definitely not stressed out about it. It's too many things going on right now. <laughs> there is a lot of things, yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, there's like a uh, sacred text archive, which is sacred text, text sacred hyphen texts.com, yeah. Um, I don't know who this Twilit Grotto the Twilight is. Twilit Grotto is oh, okay. esotericarchives.com. Ah. Both of these websites have a huge a wealth of occult and religious texts that you yeah. can read for free. And that's their whole Dude, game. I have so many websites that I use sp just for Norse shit. Like yeah. not even a little bit of other shit, just Norse shit. So that way I can be like, this guy says this this way, and this person says this this way, and this person says this this way, and this is how I'm going to decide to say it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like a hundred percent, like that's totally a thing yeah. that you can and do. And you can also use like Kindle, either the machine or the app to read, you know, books that you've purchased yeah. from like Amazon, yeah. you know, that sort of thing or the too. Ing. Yeah. Um, so next up is uh, uh, you can build magical spaces online, uh, whether that is through like literally this, 
what we're doing right now. Yeah. Right. As like a magical community or like physically build spaces a la like Minecraft or like yeah. any other like sort of game, whether it's like a VR game or like a like a um, MMORPG sort of a game where, yeah. you, where you're able to like craft and construct. You can like build magical totems into that. That's like mm-hmm. super common to see. Um, is stuff like that. Yeah, also digital art. Yeah. As well as, you know, other AI-generated type of things. Yeah. Yeah. You can also use uh, Pinterest um, for your Book of Shadows or, more interestingly, make a board for, a, for like, a specific spell. Yeah. And you can have spell private boards. boards, too, so this is especially great for people who want to use technology and who are closeted um, because you can build a board that's money spells or love spells or whatever the thing is, and um, you just fill it with those items you can um you can do a lot with it so not just a spell drive it can of course be your repository for information yeah yeah there was a lot of like book of shadows style info out um on pinterest yeah so yeah definitely 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 uh there's also like blogs uh some can be set up uh for restricted access so i believe we use Squarespace to host our website. Again, no no sponsor, uh, but that's just what I use for our website. I'm almost certain I can keep like private blogs on there. Yeah. I don't know how to do that, but you know, whatever. Um, but like, yeah, so you can you can definitely make like private blogs. Yeah. Um, or uh, to that end also, you could also make magical social media accounts. Yeah. We in fact have several friends who have like their regular social media and then they're like magical social media. Yeah. Um, where they just like talk about like magic and spells and stuff and just like keep that, keep it separated. Yeah. Uh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you can also use your passwords for magic. So like you're logging into something online, you can use a mantra or a devotional prayer for your passwords. Of course you would want to make these so that they're password safe and not easy to get or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but you know, if you have a particular mantra, you can maybe abbreviate it in some way, use letters, use numbers, that sort of thing. That's a great way to do it because, um, I know I type in my passwords all the time, yeah. all the time, all the time, a thousand all the time. times a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, that's, that's a really good idea. Um, you can, um, use a sigil if you have the like motion style unlock, you know, like where you can be like, like these are the numbers or motions that I'm going to make, you know, like it's a yeah. motion on an Android phone. Uh, if you're doing the like swipe unlock thing, you can make the swipe your like sigil. Yeah. Uh, so every time you unlock your phone, you're just like doing like, you know, Naruto jutsus. <laughs> you're just yeah. doing Naruto jutsus with your hands. <laughs> you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you think I'm sounding crazy. But if you watch Naruto or have seen Naruto, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. You can also use um, thumb drives. I mean, of course, you could use like a hard drive on a computer, but you, you can also put use a spell on it. Thumb drives. They are. Yeah, don't do that. Don't, spe- don't, uh, don't put trash, don't trash there. in the woods. Yeah. They are great for holding a book of shadows, but you can also use them as basically a portable spell jar, particularly yes. smaller thumb drives, yeah. which are pretty cheap. And yeah. you can get they, a variety of decorations. They also ways. make encrypted thumb drives. Yeah. 
right? And they are very encrypted, these encrypted thumb drives. So yeah, you can totally do that as well. Yeah. So what you would do if you want to use a thumb drive as a spell jar is you basically um, decide your intent and then you grab all of the items, uh, all the pictures, all the images, all the all the files that you want. Super genius. Yeah. And then you basically put them into a folder and you name that folder yeah. and then you imbue that with your magic. And then you can carry that thumb drive around with you in your pocket. Um, it's probably not going to break and be as dangerous as a tiny glass jar. So yeah. that's certainly a way to do that. And if you get a nice thumb drive, like a like a one that's got a good shape, you could probably use some Fimo clay or some sort of yep. some sort of glitter decorations or whatever, and you can decorate that shit up so it looks even more magical. Now I want to get a bloody USB port for my computer <laughs> set up over here on the altar so we can just be like boop 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 yeah, just engaging yeah. and spells. you can use different gangster. thumb drives for oh, different things but you can so also cool. use the same thumb drive and then you can have like an active spells folder and an inactive spells folder yeah. because really it's all about your intention and what you believe it to be doing yeah um, I'm just I'm just shooting from the hip here all right listen what you do is you get one of those picture frames you know them them uh, robot picture oh, frames that you can yeah. get at like Target and like Costco and shit. If you get like one of them robot picture frames, right? And then you put it on your altar, right? And then you get your, uh, just buy like a 50 pack of like four gig thumb drives or two gig thumb drives. You know, like Christmas time, those are like a nickel a piece or whatever the heck, right? <laughs> yeah. Get like a bunch of those. And then each one you can load with a spell jar, right? Yeah. Like load with images for a spell that are dope that you've like got together. And like, you could even include word documents mm -hmm. or like sigils you made yourself and like paint or Photoshop or what have you, Yeah. right? And then decorate the outside of that shit. And then whenever you're performing a particular spell, you just unplug that spell from the visual yep. indicator on your altar and plug in a new one. I'm dead fucking serious. We're gonna buy that stuff. <laughs> like maybe tonight when we're done with this. That's, it's so smart. I never thought about doing that. It's so smart. No, I love it. It's great. It's rad. Yeah. yeah. Now, don't forget about emojis also. You can use them to augment your spell work. And one way that you can do this is um, you can actually text yourself. Um, sure. So you would just put your phone number or, you know, if you have or yourself. Or set a reminder on your phone. Yeah. Or a calendar um, invite yeah. to so do magic. you can basically use emojis. I mean, really, they're just like symbols. Yeah. So there is really nothing different there. And you can create a whole spell of it, or you can augment your spell work with the emojis, however you yeah. want to do that. If you know that around two o'clock in the afternoon, when you only got a couple hours left of work, uh, or three o'clock when you got a couple hours left of work, and uh, and you and you get your and you're getting down and stuff like that. You know what you do? Set a little calendar invite or a little reminder or or a little notification or whatever on your phone. So every day at two o'clock, Monday through Friday, it sends you a little picture of a of a symbol with some magical words attached to it. You know, or whatever. And there you go. I mean, that's magic, right? If magic yeah. is the in, is is you know intent based, then like every day at two o'clock, like a silly cat appears on your screen that's telling you to like live life moss then you know you're gonna do it so that's how that works yeah you know yeah. so yeah you can totally do that uh and lastly definitely not leastly but lastly at least on this list is flipping memes man you can save memes you can you collect them you can share them you can make your own damn memes uh, there's a lot of magical content out there right now on the internet uh tiktok and instagram are fierce with it yeah so yeah dude magical memes are where it's at yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Magical now, memes. Now, one last thing that ties into the memes, but also ties into a lot of these things too, is um, a lot of people who practice uh, technomancy also power their their sigils, their spells, whatever it is that they're doing with additional energy by putting them online. So this can be done in a, in a variety of ways and it can be done in a very low key way. So for instance, with the memes, maybe you create a meme and that meme is really a spell, but what you're doing is you're going into like paint or, or whatever and you're first putting a symbol or the word that you wanna use for your spell, so power. And then you put the meme on top and it's like, yo, dog, I got you. Just a meme, I understand. Just, you don't need you to, know, whatever yeah, the meme you don't need to, is. You don't, need to do, you don't need to do that to yourself. Don't yeah, even worry I'm about not it. Just do go it. past. Um, and then you basically are putting that meme out. Yeah. So every time somebody sees that meme, it is powering your spell. And this kind of works with a lot of this other stuff, too. So anytime somebody sees your magical work, it is additionally powering. Yeah. That's not uh, to again, say assuming you... that you're part of a practice where you you believe that that's the situation. And you're comfortable with doing that. So yeah. that's not to say that you have to do that, oh, no, you just but could. it is a very common practice yeah. for people that practice technomancy. Yeah, is to just put magic inside of everyday stuff. Um, that is the subplot, one of the subplots of um, that magical, that modern day magic magical practice series of books that we read uh, last year. Um, where uh the like the secret government Illuminati wizards uh put spells on the dollar bills so that way every time you spend American money you power oh. their spell and it generates so much power they're able to create their own yeah. microcosm like a micro universe within the U.S. that exists where like time doesn't flow or something, yeah, so yeah. they can leapfrog through time and still control the world or something. It was like a year ago that we read this book, very good, but book. but it was really good. And they do a lot of like technomancy yeah. sort of stuff in that, yeah. So uh, next up is what do we do techno? That's right, romantically, yeah. Or whatever. Technomantically. <laughs> I feel like technically that's the correct way to say that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. So uh you're up first. What technomancy do you do? Well dog? um obviously we do this podcast, so I do a lot of research for it, and all of my research materials, or at least I'm gonna say 90% of my research materials are um, in technology virtual. somewhere. Yeah. They're virtual, they're in the cloud, or they're on a drive, they're on a device. So all of my resources are electronic. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the spells that I write also remain electronic, although I don't write down the results of the spells electronically. Um, so that is a, a slight difference and change for me. But um, I'm very into this idea of getting one of those frames. Yeah. In fact, we'll probably need to because I'm going to want one also, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but I also do use a sort of like sigil for the unlock on my phone. And um, I also use like pictures on my background and my lock screen for magical stuff. Mm -hmm. I've done a variety of other magical stuff before too. I've definitely put sigils or spell work online for other people to help power um, and just sort of like a variety of things over time. Totally, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's basically the same thing. I mean, I've, I've kind of always done magic vaguely connected to technology um, just because like, Again, I'm I'm real good at Photoshop. Yeah. Right. 
I can make web pages so I know how to do like, you know, hide stuff in web pages and like, you know, I've done the, the, you know, I write all of my, all of my magical work is written digitally. It's either written like spells and, uh, rituals are written on my laptop and like word documents. And then, um, like my tarot reading and like any sort of magical work that I'm doing is written in uh, uh, several different note apps on my cell phone. Yeah. Although I should get one like that's just specifically and only magical. I just I'm not that organized right now. <laughs> um, that's OK. Uh, also, I do a lot of sigil crafting on my laptop. Sometimes I just get like a spur of the moment idea for like a sigil or a design or something. And then I like turn it into a design. Half the time I share those on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And obviously we talked about like I use Wombo and um, so, you know, I do a lot of magic connected with technology. And I know that a lot of people are um, sort of like antithetical to the idea that magic and technology can be connected because magic should be some sort of connection to nature. And I agree that there is magic in nature, but there's also magic in technology. I would make the argument that like everything is magical in some way or another. And it's mostly a function of intent. If your type of magic is drinking half a glass of water and leaving it all over the house. Well, guess what? You saved your family from aliens. We saw that movie. It was science. It wasn't a great movie, but like it was an okay movie. So... Um, I don't know where I was going with that. It just turned into a science <laughs> reference. I was not in charge of that. You're making fun of um, me because I was building a robot that go gets water when you say spaghetti and you're over here with M. Night Shyamalan. I'm pretty certain signs won some awards. So <laughs> bam, right? I mean, I haven't seen signs in a long time. Maybe it's a shit movie, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I do a lot of that sort of stuff. And as a general rule, what, what I would say to people who are questioning the idea of including technology in their practice or who, who are sort of like raving against the use of technology in practice. The difference between a piece of paper and a computer is from a purely molecular standpoint, basically nothing. I mean, computer is more complicated, but it's kind of all basically the same thing, right? It's a device. What with you put the intention of you creating onto right? The surface of, right? And the screen has like lights so you can see it and shit, but light is also energy. Um, if you don't believe that, turn on a real bright flashlight and look right at it. Don't do that. That's really bad for your eyes. Yeah, don't but, do that. But um, like we are currently under studio lights and my brain is on fire. So, <laughs> because I don't like bright light. And so this is, I'm basically just rendered blind for a little while after every time we do these podcasts. But oh, um, yeah, it's real bad. But um, so like, yeah, I mean, fr- from my standpoint, the way that I have always looked at it and thought about it and addressed it is that there is no discernible difference from using a computer and using a pen and paper at all with regard to magic. And it's because the magic is about the intention and, and okay, well, what if you want some amethyst? Well, you could have a picture of amethyst, A. B, you could put a piece of amethyst on your computer. You just set it there. Boop. Right? I mean, yeah. so, like, or does that it. count? Or near it. You could have a sticker of amethyst. Yeah, you could get, like, a thin, yeah. like, sliver of amethyst and, like, put it somewhere on your computer. Oh, no, computer. I meant, like, a sticker you could also that literally designed. You could also literally decorate your computer with stuff. My computers are always decorated with stickers and all sort of other accoutrement because I'm one of those people who like stickers on everything. Um, so, yeah, I just, I've never seen a logical separation between magic and technology. That makes any sense at all. Like, yeah, sure, if you're trying to do a dance under a tree spell, 
go fucking dance under a tree. That makes complete sense. We've yeah. all done it, right? But like, if you if if the spell doesn't require that level of specificity, or if your spell requires you to like wander through an oak forest and you don't have an oak forest near you, well, Google Earth probably fucking does. Yeah. So wander that way. And my guys. if you have an Oculus, hell, you might even discover some weird shit. Google Maps is, uh, Google Earth is discovering people are discovering shit on that all the damn time. Mm-hmm. So like, you could totally do that. Yeah. And obviously, like, if you have an Oculus, there's a bunch of like dope psychedelic meditation stuff. So to get back before we move on to the spells and whatnot. Uh, so the subreddit that I like on like there's technomancers the subreddit that i like is psycho uh cyberdelanauts mm. which is the utilization of technology and psychedelics for magical practice yeah right for the like advancement of human consciousness uh which is really really interesting so um and that's another thing that like we this obviously has nothing to do with like the use of psychedelics but like using technology to to enhance yeah. Your utilization of psychedelics, if you're using psychedelics, is something that one can do. Um, but again, technology, it's just a tool. A cell phone is just a tool. A laptop's just a tool. The internet's just a tool. This camera that we're recording onto and this microphone we're recording Notebooks and pens and tools. paper are also just tools. Yeah, and yeah. books and pens and paper are also just tools. So really, it's just where do you want to put your concentrated effort into, right? And I would argue that, like, no matter how, like, I have a ton of books I have a ton of stuff. There is nothing more intimately connected to me than my cell phone and my laptop from a from a function of just constant use. Yeah. Right. Like we watch the TV all the time, but we're not interacting with the TV as much as we interact with our laptops. We're not interacting with the stove as much as we're interacting with our laptops. We're gamers. So like, that's why. Right. But like your laptop is connected to you and that connection helps facilitate that magical, that magical use. And the more magic you do on it, the more research you do on it makes this device like an important part of you. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, I, I would I would make this it's sort of like uh, talking about like, you know, some some people some people pray to the oil pan like their their church is working on their car. Yeah. Right. Um, or or they pray in the garden and their church is working in the garden. Right. Or, yeah. You know, th- that sort of a saying, if you remember that from like the early 2000s, yeah. late 90s kind of a thing. Right. I, I heard that a lot uh, as, as a kid. And it's like from my perspective, that's that's the Internet. That's the technology. Yeah. I've always pushed to stay, you know, as bleeding edge as I can, technologically speaking, right? And 99% of the time, I don't even throw away an old laptop. I keep that shit. Yeah. Either in perpetuity or I disassemble it for arts and crafts parts because I am very weird. Uh, And I make (laughs) arts and crafts out of the bits and the hard drive gets put into my larger storage computer, like my hard drive computer, right? So that way all the information and like its memory basically lives in cybernetic infinity attached to like my greater reality, digitally speaking. Yeah. All right. Uh, And its parts get recycled in its memory and and it's, you know, if I can reuse the CPU for something and if I can't use it for something practical, I use it for something creative and artistic. And I mean, like, I you know, I, I talk to Julie about this all the time. As a kid growing up, and we always, you know, I mean, I grew up, We there was a, it was a lot of hand-me-down tech and secondhand stuff. And, you know, dad's really, like, technologically savvy. So it was a lot of, like, building our own computers from scratch and doing stuff like that. And it's like, if something broke or something didn't work or we found an old piece of tech that I couldn't revive, I made art out of it. Yeah. And I used to keep, like, oh, the VCR broke. 
And it'd be like, well, the VCR's broke. And I'd be like, so that's mine now? And dad's just like, yeah, just don't make a mess or start a house fire. <laughs> uh, and then I would just take it apart and like like scavenge the coolest bits yeah. and then just like recycle like techno recycle everything else. Yeah. Right? And and like keep the coolest bits and then make these like trinkets that meant so much to me as a kid. And I think about it now in hindsight and it's like I've always sort of been a bit of a technomancer with regard to the way that I interact with technology. And it's only now that we get to like live in the sweet sweet Star Trek future where like my watch tracks all of my like physical like outputs, you know, calories and steps and 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 heart rate and all this kind of stuff. And my cell phone, uh, you know, collects all this information and gives me access to this like greater vast rich knowledge. And my laptop is this connection to like decades and decades of research and knowledge and images and like like sometimes Julie and I will just like, I'll boot up my, my working computer, my uh, hard drive computer. And we'll, it'll just be like, let's look at all, like, go to the, go to the hard drive, go to pictures. And it's just like, look at all these pictures. It's, just, it's history, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where like all of that stuff, assuming you give it meaning can have a great deal of meaning to you because it, it, it's, it's a journey. I mean, every computer that you've ever owned, has lived its entire life as like a vessel to carry you through like technological like manifestation. Yeah. Right. Through like hyper realizing like greater knowledge than is ever possible for mankind before like literally right now. Every minute we are getting like more connected to information than than ever before. It's crazy. Right. And so like like I understand like if you're not if you're not cool with technomancy and stuff like that like that's cool like no you know no hate whatever right everybody's got to find their practice and like find their thing uh but at the same time like don't just disregard a cell phone or a laptop as like a chunk of of you know plastic and silicon it it certainly has a lot more potential if you give it the ability to have that potential. I mean, just like like just now with the picture frame and the flash drives, that's a fucking great idea. <laughs> I am so happy with that. I We are 100% doing that, my dude, right? Because I am constantly, the, that whole room is just pictures that I think are dope hung up on a wall. So we would save a lot of space if I could just put those on a flipping uh, yeah. little screen over here. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. that's rad. That's yeah. very rad, you know? <laughs> well, and if you want to get started, uh, we have two spells, which are a pretty easy way yeah. to sort of ease yourself into technomancy if you aren't currently doing it, or if you are, sort of maybe give you some ideas as to other things you can do. So like you had mentioned, our phones are very intimately connected to us. You know, it's always like, where's my phone? And, um, you know, there's, yeah. there's definitely problematic aspects if to feeling that way. If you think your phone isn't connected but... to you, Set it down and then go spend all day shopping and 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 hanging out with friends and going out to the bar or the club or the restaurant or whatever the heck. And uh, you're going to get home and just be like, oh, thank you. I'm um, connected. Uh, oh, I know what's going on now. Time to uh, scroll so good. social media. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, it's evil, um, but it's awesome. So this first one is, um, is a pop socket talisman. So what you'll need for this is a pop socket, any sort of stones of choice, glitter, charms, anything you want. Um, there, you're also going to want two part epoxy and some toothpaste. 
fix. Yeah. So what you're going to do is you're going to remove, obviously you're going to want to get a pop socket that you don't care that you're covering up. Yeah. Um, so you're going to want to remove the flat part, the top part of the pop socket, the part that actually sits in like yeah. on the outside of that's your a, hands. That's a twist and pull off motion to remove those, by the way. Yeah. Well, you want to remove the flat part entirely. So yeah. you want Not to- the whole pop socket, right? You still want it to be able to like sticky yeah, to the Yeah, just phone. the top part. Just the like disc of color. Yeah. So remove that flat part of the pop socket and then put it onto some newspaper or some scratch paper or whatever. Um, and then lay out your gems, your charms, whatever you're going to do to sort of model your design. Now, once you're satisfied, take a picture of the design with your phone. And that's because um, you'll forget. Yeah. <laughs> that's because she forgot. She she knows. Yeah, I know. I've done this. So <laughs> next you'll squeeze about a quarter size blob from the epoxy tube and the two part epoxy. When you squeeze it, both pieces come out at once. So that's really technically two quarters, I guess. But well, squeeze about a quarter, a quarter size. A quarter, but yes. No, squeeze like about a quarter of each oh, okay. um, size blob from the epoxy tube and then mix it thoroughly with a toothpick. At this point, if you're using glitter, which I do recommend because two part epoxy generally dries kind of yellowy and you're going to want to have something that's extra zhuzh. Um, so squeeze a quarter size blob um, from the epoxy, mix it, and then once it's thoroughly mixed, add your glitter. And if you're not like a glitter person, employ color magic instead of thinking it's glitter, right? So if you've decided that the talisman is like your personal, like, power talisman, which is the way that stuff. mine is. You can choose, uh, well, it'll be kind of shiny anyway, but choose a color that means something for you. So like for John, he would probably choose purple glitter. Yeah. And it's not that he's choosing glitter. It's that he's choosing purple. So I would use purple paint and just delicately paint around every rock because I hate glitter. <laughs> The fiery passion. That you could also do that too. Yeah. yeah. So um, now I have an airbrush and a lot of very expensive masking tape for tiny, tiny models. <laughs> Trust me, I will paint in the details. I ain't using fucking glitter. Uh, so once you've um, mixed your glitter or paint or whatever yeah. you're going to do, um, now coat the top of the pop socket with epoxy. Um, there's still going to be some left over probably, and that's totally okay because you're going to be using most of it, if not all of it. So carefully and quickly place the gems and charms on the pop socket using the picture if you need to as reference. And while you do this, meditate on the meaning behind the items that you're using. Word of warning, the epoxy stuff generally dries fairly quickly. So um, you are going to want to work quickly, but not recklessly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, if you do epoxy resin stuff, um, or if you don't and you don't know this, uh, you can get pigment powder for epoxy resin yeah. that blends in to make it a, like a more solid color. You can also get like translucent colors yeah. in the form of alcohol inks um, for that. Technically, you could probably just squeeze alcohol ink out of the back of a fucking pen. Probably. But yeah. again, that's like your crafty, like how crafty are you comfortable with being? Because... We're pretty crafty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at this point, you've got everything on there. You will you can take the um, toothpick and you can kind of like grab the rest of the epoxy and then add it to the edges of the pop socket yeah. or to any areas that look like they might need extra hold. Don't be afraid of getting rid of what it is that you need or what you don't need, that is. But try not to have to mix more epoxy. Yeah, because the drying times will be different. 
Yeah. So that's that's not super helpful. Yeah. And then this is probably the most important part of all of it. Allow this to cure for the full amount of time listed on the package. That's usually between 24 and 72 hours. Yeah. This is the most it important. It can be longer. Yeah, it can even be longer. Yes. So whatever the manufacturer's directions are there, use those. Because if you're trying to mess around with this thing and it's not fully cured, you are going to make a terrible mess and you are probably going to ruin the beautiful thing that you just made yeah and or get it on your skin and getting epoxy off your skin is, is not as easy as it, it is seems. a pain yes yeah. uh, and then once it's fully cured put the flat part of the pop socket back on and then attach the pop socket to your phone and now this pop socket can act as a personal totem you can even make multiple ones for like specific intentions yeah the newer pop sockets the like the like socket part is stickered to your phone but the pop part, I don't, I don't know which part is which. The flat tablety colored part. It's usually um, the part that's like decoratively designed. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't have a pop socket on my phone. I use a magnet so I can like attach myself onto things because I'm one of those people who's like, oh, um, do you need a thing real quick? Click and then just walk away, and then hopefully I remember <laughs> that. I've locked my pop socket in the restaurant like four times. Legitimately, I have had to have the bartender open the restaurant for me like four fucking times. I'm very bad at remembering my cell phone because I just magnet it to shit. Um, but, um, yeah, the modern pop sockets, you can like twist off the thing without taking the whole sticker off your yeah. phone to replace it. So you could like just buy a bunch of cheap ones. Yeah. Right. Like gray or white or black or whatever the base color is for those. Yeah. And then make like a bunch of different spells and just twist them on however you feel. This I'm feeling a little Dionysian today. Click. Bam. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, that's totally reasonable. And that's a good way to like store spells in the form yeah. of like little jewel discs. Yeah, you could also mix herbs into the epoxy. However, the epoxy, when it cures, may discolor the herbs. So they yes. may look like gross little brown chunks. Yeah, it's an exothermic reaction. So it tends yeah. to heat up. Even a thin amount of epoxy, like what you'll be using, uh, definitely has a chance to discolor stuff. But yeah. you could use like herbs or bits of petal or something. You just have to be prepared for those to discolor. Um, uh, if you are overly concerned, you're not buying a quarter size dollop of epoxy. That's like literally impossible. So um, like if you're if you want to use like rose petals to give your epoxy like a red flaked coloring, but you don't like glitter or whatever, just whip up a little coin of it on like a piece of white printer paper or whatever. Yeah. And sprinkle some dried rose petals in it and then stir it up and just like let that shit harden. Does it look good still? All right. Well, then you're good to go. Yeah. Right. So. Like experiment. And if you do this, share it with us on Instagram or yeah. on, uh, on social media. Tag us on social media so we can share it with uh with our uh with our followers and and be like, look at these dope magical pop sockets. Uh do you still have your magical pop sockets? I do, I do. It's actually attached to my work phone. Nice. And in writing this, I'm like, oh no, I need to change this back <laughs> to my own phone. I've been getting tired of my phone case anyways, which has so like a built-in pop socket. Ah, um, yeah. which I just hate. It's not in I have I don't have like absurdly small hands, but I have small hands and a large phone. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it needs to be placed in a I, different spot. I wish this had a pop socket because mine only has a tiny ring for with which to hold. Yeah. But I also hold like just the most tiny amount because I have 
Yeah, I also have my phone mostly sitting like flat on a table and having the pop socket in the dead middle means that it's always like wobbling when I'm using it. It drives me nuts. So yes, I do. I do do that. I have used that. I am going back to that. I definitely love. You just have to make a new one. Pop socket. I don't know about making a new one. I love that one so much. Just make a new one and then just put that one here. Just mount it. I mean, maybe I'm going to also. I bet that's the right size. Actually, you could just mount a bunch of pop sockets on this. Maybe I thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is another phone type spell um although you could use this for a computer background as well so you're going to do basically a um you're basically going to do some light uh digital spell jar so first you're going to in the form of a phone or computer spell background yes yes she didn't say the thing that Uh, Yeah. So first you're going to decide what the purpose of your spell is. And then once you've decided that you then do some research and collect images and symbols or anything like like that, that also fits your purpose. Now, once you have all of that information or maybe even before that, because you can um, with some of these sort of get additional images, use photo editing software like paint or Photoshop. You can also go online and use Canva. Canva has a lot of free resources that you can use there. Um, And then use Microsoft Word and just stack all the images i remember doing i I used to write gifs in um uh powerpoint we used to make stick figure like remember when stick figures were fighting was like hot on the internet remember the old days uh you use um uh powerpoint for that yeah there's a way to make your make gifs in powerpoint so we used to do that when i was in school and like we would make like um you would make these like decoupage style collages in yeah. Microsoft Word and then print them at the library and then you could slide it into your binder and yep. you would have this like dope art thing. But like, I don't own all those magazines. I'm not made of money. I don't have magazine subscriptions, <laughs> right? Yeah, so I exactly. just like cutting out pictures digitally and posting it on the thing. I mean, like yeah. 100%, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, use the software and then assemble the background to your mm-hmm. liking. Mm-hmm. And then once you're satisfied with it, say... I charge this image with the power of whatever the thing is that you're trying to do. Its existence shapes the energy around me, causing my spell to manifest. Every time I see it, the spell is recharged. As above, so below. As within, so without. Now, save it and set it as your background or lock screen or whatever. And every time you look at it, it will not only remind you of your magical intent, but will also recharge the spell. So this is really, really good for spells that you want to have on the long term. Um, So this is more of a slow burn type of a spell than it is like a quick flash pop. Although you could certainly do that, too, by slightly modifying your magical intent. I would argue that a background, a cell phone background spell is the slow burn long game spell and the posting on your Instagram stories is the fastest flash in the pan style yeah. spell. Yeah. Because those are gone in 24 hours and then you got to do it again. Yep. You know? So. Exactly. Like that's a thing that you could very easily do. Yeah. As well as because you can save stories, you could make a sto- book. These are all so such good ideas. How have I not thought of any of this before? You could make <laughs> uh you could make uh like saved stories folder on yeah. your um cell phone that's just like a grimoire or a book of shadows or whatever spells yep. or whatever. And every time you do one of those spells, you stay you save it there like for perpetuity's sake yep. or whatever the word is for exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And you can reference back to it pretty easily. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That's uh that's some that's some technomantic spells or whatever that we came up with uh obviously these are written by us this is our ideas yep but they're for you to also use freely for anybody to use freely 
So, all right, next up is correspondences. That's right. So these correspondences are specifically associated with technology and technomancy. Uh, But if you are doing something that is geared for a specific intent, like money or love or creativity or whatever, obviously you can use those correspondences either in addition to or instead of these correspondences. So animals that we would associate with uh, technomancy would be bee, cow, giraffe, um, owls and spiders. And much like with all of the correspondences, this is just a short list of the correspondences because this podcast is not me just reading a list. Yeah. The um, full list will be on the Book of Shadows page for this podcast available on our Patreon. Yes. Yes. So colors uh, would be black, orange, or white. Yeah. Uh, green is a common color that people associate with this, but I would venture to say only use green if that's part of your magical color intention. Yeah. Yeah, it's just because a lot of PCBs are green. Yeah. But they're not all green. Uh, blue, white, black. Pur- yeah. I've seen purple PCBs. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So. As far as stones go, uh, amber, apatite, clear quartz, selenite, snowflake obsidian, sunstone are all great stones to use. But please, please, please avoid lodestones and any other magnetic stone or metal. Yeah, don't put magnets on your computer. Um, yeah, don't do that. I, or I your shouldn't. phone. And that, I mean, you know, he, John, John just talked about how he uses like a magnetic. The socket, iPhone is but... specifically designed with a magnet on its back already. Yeah. So I didn't so put that there. Don't put magnets where magnets don't belong. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> you will straight erase your computer if, if you are unsafe with that. Yeah. Or like, like wreck your speakers. I had a laptop, um, uh, as a teen, that um, if you put like a magnet or something like even mildly magnetic too near the front of it, the speaker stopped working. And it's because the speakers were like very, very weak um, and mounted right at the surface. And so anything magnetic near the front, I used to I used to play with those little magnetics, um, neodymium iron boron balls, oh, you know, those like tiny little yeah, magnetic spheres yeah. that you could like crunch and make like shapes with and stuff like that. I used to fidget with those all the time before they became like illegal to buy in the US yeah. or whatever. Um, but anytime it like rolled too near the speakers, the sound would just like cut out. And it's because it would yeah. like slam the speaker all the way forward and then they wouldn't work at all. Yeah. So like, yeah, be careful with magnets near your computers. Um, even if your computer says it's safe, be careful, man. Yeah. 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 For plants, um, we've got acorns, allspice, balsam fir, cinnamon, cornflower, carnation, eyebright, lotus, mint, rowan, sunflower, and yucca. And just sort of like a word here, obviously don't put plants on inside of your computer or inside of your phone. But what you can do is you can have images of them. Perhaps um, you could have a plant near your computer. If you're like a tea drinker, maybe you can have some cinnamon flavored tea while you're doing some technomancy. A lot of things kind of are are a little bit different here, but you can still see that some of the same things um, exist and sort of the same thing goes with for food. So foods um, is something that you can use as correspondences too. So in particular, coffee, salt, strawberries are all strongly associated with technology. And I would also say Mountain Dew. Yeah, I would argue Code Red is probably more technomantically <laughs> powered a beverage than just about any other beverage, except for maybe coffee. Let me tell you what, coffee is the lifeblood of like the American <laughs> industry. So I read, like, I read, I when I when I came across coffee and was like, that definitely works. I cackled out loud. 
Yeah, it he makes was sense. It, it makes sense. sense. Yeah, I drink yeah. a lot of coffee. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, for deities, um, there are so, there are some deities that uh, definitely work for this too, and that would be Apollo, Hephaestus, Isis, uh, Odin, Pandora. Thoth, and I would also venture to say Neo from The Matrix. Yeah, sure. Why not? As well as pretty much anybody else that yeah. you can sort of think of yeah. that is um, well, and, and pop culture. You're, sort of you're thinking of like like named pop culture deities, but you know, there's also the interpretation um, that is sort of like vaguely elucidated in the American Gods, where like the internet is its own deity. Yeah, it's um, called a technology boy. Yeah. Um, or like, like obviously, so there's like the internet, but then there's also like to, again, to reference, um, uh, the Hyperion Contos, um, there's the data sphere of the world, which is a, basically the internet, but it's a bit more complicated than that. It's all of the connect, the connected, oh my God, I've never seen that light fail before. Uh, That's all of the connected, um, well, yeah, not that way though. Um, computers all together as like one greater knowledge base yeah so you know definitely that would count as yeah well. you can also do um sort of like ancestor worship with anybody in particular that's that's gifted with technology whether that's someone you know or knew personally or whether that's a historical type of figure associated yeah. with yeah. Yeah. um with that yeah. um and then lastly miscellaneous things so um circuits of course and like circuit boards anything like that could be used Obviously, um, you know, don't use the ones that are inside of your working machines. Yeah. Unless <laughs> also, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Also, the crown chakra is so would be associated with technology. And again, avoid magnetic objects and also avoid liquids. Yeah. Um, it's a computer still. Be, be, it's still be smart. It's still an electronic device. You know what you're missing on deities and you should write down is uh, the great and powerful Waz. Oh yeah, Steve Wozniak. <laughs> yeah. He, he there, there. He, dude. There's legit at least one religion that worships that guy. Like yeah. at least one. Yeah, the great and powerful Woz. That guy. He's uh, he's he's definitely like a god tier technologist yeah. to a lot of people. So yeah, but okay. So that was correspondences, correspondi. Um, at least some of them. The larger list will be available on our uh Patreon. Um. Yeah, on the Book of Shadows page for this one. Speaking of Patreon, let's thank our patrons, Al, Miranda, Helena, Jeff, and Alexa. And Adrian. And Adrian, you guys are awesome. So keep being awesome, guys. Yep. Uh, next up, we have our Pub Chat Episode 7, uh, which is coming out on the 18th-ish. So uh, um, sometimes those are late. Uh, <laughs> but so submit questions. If you have any questions about anything uh, magical or whatever, send us some questions. You can hit us up on social media or... On the website, there yeah. is some Go forms to and nerdjive.com slash links, yep. and All you can find a ton of ways to contact us to yep. ask, to answer, to ask questions, which yep. we will then or answer. Or just leave a comment below in the YouTube video. So that way you can, because uh, well, I read all of those, 100% of them, no, yep. no questions. So yeah, you can always do that there. And then after that is... Um, Beltane 102. That's right. Yeah. It's that time of year again. Yeah, so Beltane 102, guys. Stay tuned for that. That's going to be fun. But um, yeah, Technomancy is really interesting. I would love to hear any of your opinions and thoughts on it. So uh, please share those. Uh, remember, everybody, this is a cool space. Everybody do peace. Don't forget, that's our thing. We do peace here. So uh, don't be an ass, man. <laughs> don't be an ass. 
Everybody's allowed to think what they want to think, and that's fine. I just want to know other people's opinions, because generally that's how people should learn, is by from others. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. But yeah, either way, I've been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. And we will catch you guys on the flip side. Uh, let's see. Don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. Let your friends know about us because we're awesome. Let's all be friends together. Yeah, help us get eight listeners. Yeah, help us get help we're, us get that we're sweet, looking sweet for listener, listener number, number eight. eight. How you doing? Uh, caller number eight, what are you doing tonight? Uh <laughs> Don't scare them away. Yeah, right. Before they're even here. Stop. They're just like, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> delete, 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 unsubscribe. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah. Stay magical, folks. Yeah. And don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt. Mm -hmm.